Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Let's continue to talk about the NBA draft, and we're going to bring on Adam Finkelstein, director of scouting at 24-7 Sports. Find him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. He joins us now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Adam, would you say you uh, would think your grandmother knows who Snoop Dogg is? <laughs> you know, my uh, my grandmother, if she were here, she probably wouldn't know. But ironically, my mother-in-law brought up Snoop Dogg yesterday, so I was laughing to myself as you guys were, were talking. <laughs> Did she really? What she bring him up? Just the Martha Stewart connection, or is there anything else that she brought Snoop Dogg up for? I, I mean... If, if maybe people with a mother, she's not listening. So, like, you know, if if, if uh, you have a mother-in-law, maybe you can empathize with, like, I wasn't necessarily listening until I heard Snoop Dogg, and I was like, what? What's going on over there? Uh, maybe you can't so, empathize. Yeah, I'm not really sure, but I was just kind of floored that she, she knew who Snoop was. Uh, that's another piece of evidence for you, Wes, that Snoop Dogg is the most famous rapper of all time. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready to call it with that piece of information. <laughs> Congratulations, 704 was right, that you're always right. Again, let's talk a little bit more about the NBA draft instead. Adam Finkelstein joining us, Body Works Plus guest hotline. I'm just going to flat out ask you the most generic question we've been discussing and will continue to discuss as we approach the NBA draft. Adam, who do you think the Charlotte Hornets should take at number two, Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller? You know, I don't think that's in – let me say this. I think they, they should take whoever they think is the best long-term prospect and not worry about the fit. Um, when I was in, in Chicago, I talked to a lot of NBA scouts, and, and uh, they all seem to think Brandon Miller's going to be the pick, primarily because of the fit. Um, you know, don't there there's concerns, although I'm not completely co-signing all of them, that Scoot and LaMelo wouldn't, wouldn't fit great next to one another and that Brandon would be – kind of a more natural fit, but I actually just wrote something today about how, you know, in retrospect, some of the worst picks in recent NBA history are ones that were made at the top of the draft with fit as the, the primary motivation. Um, so I, I think they should really dig in, do their due diligence and not worry about who fits with LaMelo. Just make sure they get the right guy. Cause it's a, it's the second pick in the draft. That's, that's the only thing history is going to remember is whether or not they got the best player. Well, if you were to have your big board, right? Like, let's just go ahead and put you in Mitch Kupchak's shoes. Do you? What do yeah. you think here, Adam? Right? Like, do you think Scoot Henderson is the guy that the Hornets should choose because you think he's the best player and you don't care about fit, or do you think that best player is Brandon Miller and he traditionally does fit better with this roster as a lot of people see it? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think it's close. Um, I think, like, I, I did a pretty big uh, deep dive on Scoot today, and I think that you know everybody kind of knows what his his um, his calling cards are. You know, he's got that dynamic athleticism. He's he's tremendous in the open floor. He's got really good pick and roll instincts. I think because people see the athleticism so glaringly with him, the thing that maybe he doesn't get enough uh, credit for is his floor vision. I mean, this this guy can really really pass the ball. Um, he can he can really really pass the basketball, and that overlap of his explosiveness and his power. Uh, combined with his passing, I mean that that's a special kind of combination of skills. But I, I think the shot is worrisome. I think the the mechanics in the shot are not great. I think there's balance issues, and for a guy who who's known as this ultra competitor, um, there's just too many moments where he doesn't want to guard. Um, you know, and and so those those to me are, are are kind of the concerns that I think that if if you're Charlotte, you bring him in and and you ask him point blank about, and then you you really 
do your due diligence and, and get into the, the background info there because you can't, you know, there's a big difference when you're playing 82 games a year. Are you going to be, you know, a gamer, so to speak, the guy who plays his best when the lights are on the brightest? Because everybody knows Scoot will, will rise to the occasion like he did when they were playing um, Wemby in October. But, I, I, you know, Charlotte needs somebody who's going to be committed to being his best self all 82 games. The thing I'll say about Brandon Miller is that he exceeded any expectation we had from him coming out of high school. I mean, just completely blew it out of the water. So his rate of improvement in the last few years is so high. Um, it creates a lot of optimism about who he could, who he could be down the road if he continues to evolve at this rate. So I, I would give him, um, you know, the advantage there. I mean, long story short, I think it's close enough where my final decision would have a lot to do with, with the interviews and the intel. But if I had to decide right now who's the better prospect, I would probably say Scoot, although I do agree that Brandon is the better fit, albeit that shouldn't necessarily be a consideration at number two. Adam, what do you think about the process, especially for a team like Charlotte that's going to have to decide between a couple of players for that number two pick, the process for which these players kind of go through? Because it's been said that the agents are kind of controlling more things now and they're protecting these guys instead of letting them go against other top prospects and workouts and things of that nature that going up against, you know, team employees or coaching staff members. So how do you think that kind of hurts a team like Charlotte that has to make such a big decision and decide between multiple players? You know, I think the workouts, I mean, listen, everybody wants access to as much information as they have, but I think the workouts are, are in many ways secondary to the medical. So like, and, and there's nothing glaring as far as I'm aware about either one of these two guys, but, um, you know, that's really the biggest complaint when you talk to NBA front offices is when they can't get accurate medical information. And that was a big part of the collective bargaining agreement, which is going to change next year. So, um, you know, the, the kind of jockeying that goes into where they're working out and when they're working out is, is one of the subplots of this whole thing. And it does make the, it does make the decision making process a little bit more challenging. But I also think that Charlotte's got the leverage here. I mean, neither one of these guys is going number one. We all, everybody knows that. So Charlotte is the highest that, that either one of, of these guys can go. And there's obviously, uh, you know, correlating salary implications for that. So I really do think that although there's, there's going to be, you know, a little bit of poker played here, Charlotte should have enough leverage to, to get whatever information they have and, and make the, the right decision. Um, and I, I think so much of that goes into the, the interview, the background checks, you know, a lot of these teams now, and I don't know if Charlotte does this specifically, but a lot of these teams are doing psychological profiling for these kids. I mean, they're, they're investing, you know, millions of dollars into trying to, to forecast as best they can. And yet still it's this imperfect science, but um, you've got to use every resource at, at your disposal because this is a pick like, you know, you don't want to be the guy who, who takes, you know, Marvin Bagley at number two, you know, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you look at golden state right now, if they had taken someone else other than Marvin Bagley, someone else other Jonathan Kaminga, would they be in the NBA Finals right now? I think you could make a pretty good argument that they would be. So this is such a, a big, you know, when you get a high draft pick, it's such an important um, turning point in a franchise that you, you got to make sure you get it right. Now, if the Hornets do decide to go with Brandon Miller, and then they are also talking about bringing back Miles Bridges, do you see Brandon Miller? We know basketball has gotten positionless so to speak, over the years. But do you see him more of a shooting guard or a small forward? 
No, I see him as a wing, um, and I think that, you know, the thing about, I mean, he's 6'9", so the thing that we don't know is how much weight is he going to be able to put on in the next three or four years. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's, I don't mean to compare him to the player I'm about to mention, but you see somebody like Jason Tatum who at least had a, a similar body type at a similar age, and the amount of muscle he's been able, been able to put on his frame and the positional versatility that comes with it. Um, if Brandon can transform his body the way Jason did, um, even if he's not, you know, an MVP caliber talent, that's not what I'm saying, but just if he can transform the physical frame, then does he become someone who can slide between a few different positions? I think the nice thing with the fit with Miles is that he's, you know, physically strong and powerful enough that it should allow those guys to coexist and potentially have some flexibility, whether they play you know, three, four together and some small ball lineups or, or, or two, three, if they're going to play bigger. Adam Finkelstein, director of scouting for 24 seven sports. Find him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein joining us now on the body works plus guest hotline. Adam, you mentioned talking to NBA front offices during this entire pre-draft process, just whatever it may be being the number two overall pick wherever in the order of the NBA draft, what's the most surprising thing you've heard during this entire process leading up to June 22nd? Well, you know, one of the things that I've, I've kind of dug in on this year has been the, the difference between kind of the, the, the media narratives sometimes and what's happening behind the scenes. And there's so much misinformation that, that you know, NBA executives are trying to put out um, so you have to be careful who you ask and you have to make sure that it's, it's longstanding relationships and that there's no motivation to, to really ask, you know, for example, I'm, I'm not going to ask somebody with a lottery pick, which of the Thompson brothers they like better because they're going to be motivated to try and, you know, uh, steer whatever outcome they're, they're looking for. But, um, one of the, with regard to the Thompson twins, one of the things that I, I find really interesting is there's this media narrative that a men is far and away the better prospect. Um, you ask the NBA scouts and, and executives, and, and you hear almost the opposite, if not split down the middle, where, where they're more interested in Asar. And Asar is actually the one who's um, won all the MVP awards at Overtime Elite. So, so I do think there's, there's this very interesting kind of um, subculture in NBA media where you, you have people like myself who are who – are, um, basing their things off their own evaluations and their own opinions. And then you have reporters who are, who are reporting things. Um, and that's where it gets really tricky because, you know, some of the stuff that's getting reported is just a complete smoke screen. And um, it's, it's, uh, it, it, all that is, is very interesting. But I, I'd say the biggest surprise to me is, is probably the difference between the way the Thompson twins are talked about in the media and the way they are talked about behind the scenes by, by NBA scouts. Yeah, Adam, and I was going to ask now, is there any chance, I think it's highly unlikely, but is there any other player that could make a late case for the number two pick that could give Charlotte another player to think about? I, I would have said the Thompsons would have been the next best choices. You know, Amen is probably the only one that I've heard get any traction. As I said, there are some teams that prefer Asar. I don't envision him. The difference between the Thompson twins, in my opinion, is that Amen is the one who's got like the higher upside. I mean, he is a top 1% athlete in the NBA right away. He's potentially a primary playmaker at, in, in a big wings body. So now he's a non-shooter. So that's why people, he's kind of like a, a, uh, 
high risk, high reward type prospect. But if you really buy into that high ceiling, there's been some talk that he could be in the mix at number two. I think if you're Charlotte, you're, you're, you have to at least do your due diligence um, and make sure you're not, because listen, you can go back even recent NBA draft history and there's all kinds of examples of guys who are picked, you know, far lower than, than it looks like they should be in retrospect. So I think if you're Charlotte, you've, you've got to investigate all your options. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I really do think it'll come down to Brandon and Scoot, though. That's Adam Finkelstein of 24-7 Sports. You can find his two-part deep dive on what Charlotte should do at number two on his Twitter timeline. Just follow him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. They've reported most scouts expect Miller to be the choice. Click on that link and you can find out why on his Twitter timeline. Adam, thank you so much, man. It was great. We really appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks, Adam. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.